It's a fair question. He won't tell you. We did not agree on the candidates asking each other questions. Governor, it's your turn. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. All right, people, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is October 25th, 2022. It is 1130 p.m. Eastern. Yes, we are doing this live stream a half hour late uh, because I was at the Florida gubernatorial debate last night which is about three hours north of here. It was in Fort Pierce. I'm down here in Miami. There was crazy traffic this morning. I had to drop off Fox News' Lisa Booth at her condo. Traffic everywhere, lizards in the street, peacocks, the whole thing. Anyway, here we are. Uh, I was at the debate last night. We're gonna show you a couple clips from that. In some respects, it was kind of anticlimactic because this is obviously going to be a spectacular uh, bloodbath, red everywhere here in Florida. Uh, but there were a couple interesting things uh, that I took note of last night that I wanted to, to translate to you guys in case you either are just seeing clips about it or watching it on TV, because what happens actually in the room is often quite different than what gets across uh, across the electronic uh, waves out there. Uh, before we get to that, and then we're gonna be doing a, uh, a Ruben Report Locals Community Q&A, and then I wanna show you also some clips of uh, Ted Cruz, who was on The View yesterday, and he brought the receipts. They started asking him about, uh, about election fraud and questioning elections, and the man literally, I got the receipts, ladies, so we're gonna get into that too. But real quick, very important that we address up top. You know, yesterday, we showed you some clips of a chick by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, so this is, a, uh, this is a guy who transitioned, he's a woman, and now he was quest, you know, asking questions of President Biden, and Biden muddled through a couple of ridiculous answers. But there was, a, there was an internal debate here at the Rubin Report whether Dylan, the woman Dylan had a penis or not, because that does sort of change the thing. Like if you're going full trans and you're gonna actually do all the stuff as an adult, I'll give you some credit, like you're all in on it uh, at that level, uh, but it turns out Dylan has a penis. So uh, I'm just saying it, there it is. Okay, not our most proud moment here at the Rubin Report, but I just felt like, you know, where, where people ask us to give information, that's what we do here. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, let's just dive right into the debate last night. Before I get to the clips though, I wanna say one interesting thing that you, you probably uh, would not have gotten if you were watching this thing on TV. So, you know, what they do there at the theater is each campaign is allowed to invite X amount of people. So on the DeSantis side, let's say there were, I don't know, I'd say there was roughly 200 people on each side, something like that. On the DeSantis side, it was all uh, individual people. It was you know people like me and people that were probably friends with the campaign and maybe some family members, just like a random mismatch of people and everyone was kind of dressed. They, they told us, you know, dress kind of business attire. So I was something like this right, like my normal attire. And it was just like a whole bunch of interesting people and, or like nondescript is my point. On the Christ side, it, they bust in teachers union people. They were all wearing the exact same t-shirt. They were all chanting at the exact same times. They specifically said before the debate began, uh, no cheering, no applauding, just let the guys do their thing for an hour and then you can applaud it. You can applaud at the beginning and you can applaud at the end, no interrupting. The entire way through, 
the Christ people were screaming, were yelling. A few of them had to be removed. And then what happened was the DeSantis people who were listening to the rules, right? Because we play by rules. These people have no rules. And they also don't represent themselves. Like they all just represent, they represent an idea. Like we're teachers union people or we're abortion people or we're mask people. A lot of them were masked also. Uh, but they don't represent individual people. But once they were shouting and screaming and not playing by the rules, then the DeSantis people finally started shouting and screaming a little bit more. Anyway, I thought that was just worth noting because if you watch something on TV and you hear one side applauding and cheering and screaming and the other side not, you think it is indicative of something that's going on in that room, but it really wasn't. Anyway, I'm going to show you two clips uh, from the governor and then I'll tell you a little something else on, on the Charlie Crist side. Uh, here is Governor DeSantis defending his parents' rights and education bill. You know, I would say when you oppose the parents' rights and education bill, which prevents six, seven, eight-year-olds from having sexuality, gender ideology injected in their curriculum, you are the one that's waging the culture war. I'm simply defending parents and students because it's inappropriate to have that in elementary school. It's inappropriate to tell a sixth grade, a six-year-old that they were born in the wrong body. It's inappropriate to tell an eight-year-old that they may have been born a girl, but maybe they're really a boy. That's wrong. We need to do the basics. We need to teach them to read, write, add, and subtract. Uh, and if we do that, we'll continue to lead in fourth grade reading and fourth grade math like we did in today's NAEP results, which is a great testament to having open schools and a lot of hardworking folks in our school system. I also signed, I'm the, I'm the father of a five-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter as well as a four-year-old son, but my daughters are very athletic and we signed legislation to protect the right of women athletes, that you should not have someone competing on the men's team for three years and then switch to the women's team. Charlie Crist opposed Governor, that bill. Time. He said he would have vetoed it. I'm going to protect women's sports in the state of Florida. All right, so you guys got it. You, you get all the stuff around don't say gay and actually protecting girls. And, and just he was just explaining his record, which he consistently did quite well. Chris lied about literally everything. I mean, absolutely everything. He was going after the governor for not following the science and then going after him on lockdown stuff. I mean, it was really, really crazy. Here's one more. This is uh, the governor defending his rejection of locking down Florida. And I would also say this, you mentioned, Liz, that people are flocking to Florida. That would not have happened if Charlie Crist had his way. He wrote me a letter in July of 2020 saying you need to shut down the state of Florida. He said you need to force people to shelter in their own homes. That would have destroyed the state of Florida. That would have caused, that would have caused our tourism industry to go into the toilet. It would have locked out millions of kids from school. I rejected Charlie Crist's lockdown down letter. I kept this state open and I kept this state free. And we now have the biggest budget surplus in the history of Florida. Uh, we have a 2.5% unemployment, governor, second lowest time. on record. And we just did the biggest tax cut in Florida Thank history. Thank you, Governor. That's time. So it's interesting because you can hear some of the Chris people, again, who were told not to jeer and cheer and all of those things. So then the DeSantis people only did it in response later on in the, in the course of the hour. Uh, but you can hear them. They're cheering for lockdowns. They were cheering for mandates. They were cheering for vaccines. It, it was really nuts. It was to sit in a room. You know, it's funny. I do this for a living. I, I 
watch all the idiotic clips of The View and MSNBC or whatever. But when you sit in a room and I'm looking at these people, and again, they were all dressed exactly the same because they're not like a real constituency in that they are individuals who came together over good ideas. They're sort of brainwashed NPCs, non-playable characters. You get the meme. And it was like they wanted more government to tell them what to do and when they could leave their house and inject themselves with things. It's, it was so bizarre. It really was so bizarre. But I do want to say one other thing about Charlie Crist, and then it's really not worth talking about much more because uh, everyone gets what's going on here in Florida. And, and as I said, he has no individual support. He has support th through some like woke organizations or something. But there was a certain asymmetry that was interesting to me to the debate, which was that Governor DeSantis, look, obviously I like the guy. Obviously I agree with him on, on virtually all of the important issues. My cards are on the table, right? Like that's very clear. Uh, but he had a record to defend. He had a vision that he was trying to lay out and he had a reason to be there, right? I am the governor. I am the chief executive of this state. I am asking you to, to send me back and let's do it again, right? He also had a lot to talk about with, you know, the, the incredible work that Florida did during this hurricane and, and a whole bunch more. There was a reason for him to be on that stage. Charlie Crist was, I, we, I went out with a bunch of the, uh, the influencer Twitter types, a bunch of guys that you guys know from the show, Josh Hammer and Lisa Booth and John Cardillo and Carol Markowitz, a couple other people. And we were all sitting there after trying to like describe why we were so frustrated after, because it wasn't like Charlie Crist did anything good that damaged DeSantis. But it was the asymmetry of here we have like a, a like an honest broker. Politics is a messy game, but here's a guy doing good, keeping people free, cares about America, all that stuff. And here's this other guy who's just a snake. Like we were all trying to come up with a word for him because like chameleon wasn't quite right. He was willing to say and lie about absolutely everything. And 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 he was so rude and and just gross. He's just gross and awful. And Charlie, you got about 10 days left of this and then you can crawl back into your little hole and, and that's it. So anyway, that's, that's all on that. Uh, we are gonna talk about Ted Cruz going on The View with his receipts real quick. Uh, let me tell you guys about Patriot Mobile. Uh, you know, I recently did a show on woke corporations and their origins. Uh, thankfully, conservatives are creating a parallel economy that is thriving, and I wanna tell you about a new sponsor that's making a real difference. Patriot Mobile has exploded over the last year. They're proud conservatives offering a real alternative for people tired of funding major cell phone carriers who have all gone left. Patriot Mobile is a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates. People who actually believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the second amendment, and they're winning. In fact, their PAC, Patriot Mobile Action, flipped 11 school board races across Texas recently. Patriot Mobile has a affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. So you get the same great service minus the leftist propaganda. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dave or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use offer code Ruben. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Ruben, patriotmobile.com slash Ruben or call 972 Patriot, and now back to me. So one of the things that I often tell you guys on this show is that the way we win, well, first off, we should just be a little bit better than them. And that's actually not that hard, right? Because they're hysterical, they're mean, they're censorious, all of those things. They often don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so we can be a little bit better than them, but we can also calmly explain our positions. 
we can sit there in the face of adversity, in the, in the face of censorship and being called bad names and not being treated well, and we can actually lay out the truth. And I believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. So interestingly, I don't even know how this thing happened. Senator Ted Cruz from Texas ends up on The View yesterday and they're going off on him. They're all ganging up on him, including the fake conservative. I think her name's Alyssa Farah. So they've got all, you know, it's all lefties and then they have one fake conservative. Uh, and they're all going off on him about uh, Trump and election denial and a whole bunch more. And Cruz did not fall for their trap. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but, stole but the election. They didn't storm the Capitol. They didn't try to kill Stacey my former Abrams, who said, boss. Who said that the election was stolen? They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, the, but not when Democrats. Win. No, you know, here's the thing: we may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go. Did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do we do, make you sense just of that? accused us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said we it's said sitting here, and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate come, yes, for, for Republicans her it was. to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion. morning, and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. Okay, took the Look. call. She sat there while, while Donald Trump Hillary was getting Clinton sworn in. Hillary Clinton says Trump is an illegitimate Two president. Hillary Clinton right. says the it's... election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was oh, selected, not elected. Joe Biden, oh, Al Gore was, was elected president. So Joe Biden... All right. So I know you guys got it right. We've played these clips a million times. Hillary Clinton, not only did she tweet that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president, she has said it on video. Russia collusion hoax, the impeachment, uh, Stacey Abrams repeatedly saying that she was the uh, rightly elected governor of Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. Like you guys get it. But these people are never confronted the way that Ted Cruz did. And you can see once they were confronted, Whoopi just doesn't even, honestly does not know what she's saying. She's like, well, you said whatever you said about whatever you said, and that's what you said. And it's like, it, this is why it's important to stand our ground and tell them the truth, because they often have blind spots. And, and in some ways, I don't give the ladies of The View much of an excuse on this, but if you're, if you're just the average person who just watches mainstream media, I, in some ways, don't blame you for being hoodwinked about all of this, right? We would like everyone to be informed and we'd like people to find other news shows and online things and all of that, which is, of course, why they try to censor the rest of us. But the average person that's out there that's got to have a job and a family and has other things to do, if they just get little bits of information and they're not consumed by politics, you wouldn't know that Hillary Twint Hillary Clinton tweeted the thing about Donald Trump being an illegitimate president. You might know that about all the, you might not know about all of the video of Stacey Abrams uh, denying the last election, right? So in some ways I'm, I'm sympathetic to the people that become, I would say these NPC sort of brainwashed lefty robots, I am. But then there's another set of people that we really can work on. One of those people that I really am working on and have been working on for quite some time, obviously is Bill Maher. And you may remember from just two weeks ago, roughly, when I was on his podcast and he was talking about Trump 
and the election, I brought up the Hillary thing and his reaction's pretty interesting. First of all, you got to break up with your boyfriend, Donald Trump. Who Funny. would you say is more authentic, him or Joe Biden? Him. Who's He's, more authentic, him or Elizabeth Warren? But authentic doesn't mean good no, if you're I, authentically I a crazy person. But pretty good when he was president. What, what was pretty good? We weren't in a recession. The border was a little bit better. We didn't have a crazy war in Ukraine. Like, there were things. Come on, you have to admit. Oh, he hasn't conceded the election. For four years when he was president, Hillary Clinton, he's an illegitimate president. Stacey she didn't Hayes, say that. Yes, she did. It's on Twitter. It's it on Twitter. Not. He's an illegitimate. Yes, it is. It is. A hundred percent. Okay, if she said... I. I don't remember that. It is, it is. It's certainly not something that's in the minds of the people in this country. It was not promulgated. No, no, Maybe no, no, she no. said it once Bill. in some different context. It's it, to compare no. that. Like Hillary Clinton says he's not. No. He has made a career. Bill, I mean this with total not, respect. I think to me that's a blind spot with you that that, that, that Hillary Clinton, no, that a, when you just said that nobody really paid attention to that or anything, a huge percent of the country, half the country, saw Hillary calling him. It, there's a tweet. I mean, I can give you the tweet after. Okay, it's one tweet. No, he has no, made no, a no, career no, no. of this. But what do you mean? How many guests? I, I honestly don't know the answer to this, so it's a, it's a, I don't mean to make it about you. But how many people were on MSNBC for four years saying he's a Russian operative or Russia installed? Okay, so I'm not showing you that to pat myself on the back. I'm showing you that there is a way to calmly have these conversations. And as Bill and I wrapped it up, as you know, we, we wrapped it up saying, hey, let's continue the conversation. He invited me on real time. Uh, we've been texting. I'm going to keep nudging him, right? And he'll probably try to keep nudging me. And it's all good. But, you know, what was interesting, his reaction when, when I said to him, well, Hillary called Trump an illegitimate, pre uh, illegitimate president, his initial reaction was, reaction was she didn't say that. And I think this is part of the problem. We all end up in our own bubbles and I would include myself in that. We all have to do the best we can to not be in those bubbles because if we're all just self-selecting the information that we have, well, then you think you end up with the kind of political uh, polarization that we have right now. I think that pretty much answers uh, what it is. Uh, let's ju jump back now. And again, I I'm actually not playing that to blast tomorrow. I'm, show I'm playing it to just show you like a lot of people don't see the world that you, you're watching this show, you see the world in a certain way, right? I'm not hiding information from you. Uh, I'm doing the best job that I possibly can here. It doesn't mean that I'm doing it perfectly, but there's a whole bunch of people like these people on The View or the people that watch The View or sometimes maybe a, a, a you know lefty Hollywood celebrity that actually don't see a lot of the stuff that we do see. Uh, let's continue. Here is Ted Cruz uh, giving it back to noted racist Sonny Hostin. Notwithstanding that, let me ask you this, Senator. Yeah. The conservative platform, I think, was easily identifiable years ago. Uh, it was limited government, low taxes, um, strengthening national defense, family values. I think it's a little hypocritical for Republicans to be able to stand behind family values right now, having voted in, you know, the twice impeached former disgraced president and backing the president still, uh, former president. But in 2020, the Republican Party didn't even put out an agenda. Right. And, and I ask this question on the show all the time. What do the Republicans stand for and what is the Republican agenda? It's very simple. I'll give you three words. Jobs, freedom and security. When it comes to okay. jobs, listen, when you cut taxes, when you reduce regulations, when small businesses expand, you have lots and lots of jobs. Does Under the Trump government still. Uh, sure. No, no, government has important roles. But but let's be clear. Under the Trump administration, with Republican majorities in both houses, we had the lowest unemployment in 50 years. We had the lowest African-American unemployment highest deficit in years. ever recorded. Yeah. No, not, we're at 31 trillion now. 
So I agree the deficit. Listen, I've stood up to my own party a bunch of times. But when you've got poverty going down, we had the lowest African-American unemployment ever recorded, lowest Hispanic oh, unemployment ever recorded. That's a big deal. And this election in November, I think, is going to be a tidal wave. I think Republicans are going to retake both houses. And the biggest reason, people at home are saying, okay, is my life better today than it was two years ago? And I think for the vast majority of Americans, the answer is no. Man, I mean, Sonny, she's just, she's not a good person. She's not very good at her job to just hand him that. And you think he was ready? Three words, jobs, freedom, security. He could have just like literally poured gasoline on the table, thrown a match down, blown the whole thing up. And that's how the view could have ended right there. And then of course he calmly explains facts facts during the last Republican administration. And I understand, lady, it was because of Donald Trump. So you're freaking out. But I would think, Sonny Hostin, uh, as someone that sees everything through a racial lens, which you do, uh, that you might be happy with lowest all-time black unemployment, but Trump did it. You might be happy with lowest all-time Latino unemployment, but Trump did it. We know the border was better. So again, this is, this is the exact same thing. What Ron DeSantis did last night, defending his record, clearly stating what you believe, is exactly what Ted Cruz did to these people last time, now, or yesterday on The View. Now, what's interesting is because of the bubbles, because so many people don't see reality as it is, they see the world the way they want it to be, not the way it is. Because of that, when they are confronted by reality and clarity, uh, they often start screaming, or they'll try to censor you, et cetera. And of course, that's uh, just what happened yesterday on The View. The vast majority of Americans, the answer is no. Yeah, that was uh, someone in the View audience yelling F you to, uh, to Ted Cruz. And in some ways, you can't blame her because she has been brainwashed by those harpies sitting at that table. And now reality was confronting her. And what did she have left? Well, it's yelling at a senator. It's cheering when you're not supposed to cheer. It's shouting people down. It's making sure people's posts don't get seen on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, etc. I think you guys get it. I hope Ted Cruz is, Cruz is right. And I, I really do think there's going to be a massive red, red wave. We shall see. I think, you know, look, I, I really, we were talking about it last night. I'm telling you guys, I think New York is at play. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's going to end up going 60-40 Hochul and all of the people who love to hate me will uh, post this video. But I really think there's a chance. I think everyone hates the woke. I think every, everyone hates the woke. Anyone who has a spark of individuality hates the woke. The woke are, they're not a real thing. They're corporations and unions and just brainwashed people who don't know what they believe. Good, decent people want to get back to a good, decent America. That is the plan. We got 10 days or so to, to make it happen. On that note, let's get to the RubenReportLocals.com community Q&A. I have not reviewed the questions because I ran in here and sat down and I don't know what I'm going to be reading, but here we go. Mara says, could you ever live again in a state that gets snow? Come to Wisconsin and do a show, at least maybe not in January. Uh, you know, look, I'm never leaving Florida. I cannot envision a situation that would get me out of this place. They can literally, when I'm, when I'm dead, they can feed me to the alligators in the Everglades. Like, I love it, love it, love it here. Even just today, just driving up the coast. Uh, you know, Fort Pierce, it's maybe an hour and a half north of Fort Lauderdale. So I had about a three hour drive down and it's just, it's gorgeous. The palm trees, the green, the water, 
the people, <laughs> the economy, the sense of freedom, the joy, the smiles, the whole thing. I'm not leaving Florida. Uh, but David does miss the seasons a little more than I do. I, I'm totally fine like without the seasons. I, I even like the hot, humid summer here. It was not that bad. Um, but he does, uh, he's from the DC area. He misses some of the seasons. Um, I guess we could go skiing. We'll, maybe we'll come out to Wisconsin, hang out, have some cheese. Then we can go skiing in Colorado, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think Florida, it is my now and it is my future. Uh, Lauren says, what would someone need to do to earn the call to be interviewed by you? That's interesting. I mean, you know, look, a certain amount of people are just, you know, they're in the political machine, right? They're in that, that stream of politics. So they're senators or, or congressmen or political pundits and all that thing. So then you're kind of in there. Then there's, you know, just random people that pop up that suddenly you're like, wait a minute, I never heard of this person, but they're doing something special. There was once a, uh, a Canadian psychology professor who a lot of people, you know, he was talking about Peter Pan and people thought he was nuts. And I said, we're going to put this guy on the show. Turned out to be Jordan Peterson. Uh, you never know. You know, there was a, uh, a professor, a biology professor at this tiny little college uh, that nobody had ever heard of, Evergreen State, who uh, start, got kicked off campus for being anti-racist, turned out to be Brett Weinstein. You just never know. There was a, a girl whose YouTube handle was Red Pill Black. I did not even know her name until we sat down in my studio. She turned out to be Candace Owens. So, you know, I think I have some level of a feel for, for who I should be talking to and when I should be talking to them. Um, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, there's people doing a press junket, like you got a book and, you know, let's talk about that. But I always try to link everything to, to current events and that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm open and that's why I take, you know, you guys and locals, you guys are giving me names all the time and we, we've got a master list and some of those names do get on there. Uh, Shmoo says, Dave, can you tell me why any sane person in Florida would ever take such a flip-flopping finger to the wind political fool such as Charlie Chris seriously and actually vote for him? That's the thing. I mean, I'm telling you, there was, there was this real asymmetry that felt gross. That's why we were all having trouble coming up with a word to describe Chris. Because you have one person who's an honest arbiter, like doing the right thing, leading to this freedom-loving functional state. And then you have this guy, Charlie Crist used to be a pro-life Republican. Now he's an eight-month pro-choice Democrat, right? Like Charlie Crist used to be a closet, he was closeted gay. Everyone in Florida knew it. I'm sorry that I'm saying this. Everyone in Florida when he was governor knew he was gay and closeted and anti-gay. Now he's got all the rainbow crew out there applauding him, right? And then he had his, his new girlfriend showed up at the end to hug him. He tried to actually shake her hand at first. It was actually hilarious. I wish it was on video. She goes up there. So at the end, you know, they send the women up. So Casey DeSantis comes up and you can see they just love each other. It's so obvious and real. And there's a hug and a warmth and a joy. Then they bring up Charlie Chris. It's a, it's a beard. It's a fake relationship, right? He got her a couple weeks ago and he literally put his hand out to like shake her hand. And then, and then they have their fake hug. Anyway, I don't even care about that. Uh, suffice to say, he used to be a, a, a conservative Republican who now became a bananas lefty nothing. I think in essence, what happened here in Florida is that they knew DeSantis was going to crush it. They, they knew his ideas are the future of the Republican Party. There's no real mainstream support for Democrats here. So they needed some, they really just needed some loser, some like just guy who could put on a suit. And could the guy put on the suit and basically stand there? Charlie Crist also did, they announced right before the debate, he requested to have a small fan on stage 
So he had a little fan just on him to take care of the flop sweat. Anyway, everything he said was a lie or a distortion of the truth. Like it, it was really, really gross. Uh, Real Clear Politics, by the way, at Nate Silver's 538, currently have DeSantis up by 11 points. I, I hope it will be more than that. That would be massive. He won his last election, Ron DeSantis, over uh, Andrew Gillum, who turned out to be a meth addict. Uh, he won it by about 30,000 votes. So if he gets something like, you know, so that's basically less than 1%. If he gets 10%, 11%, like that is a freaking message. And that is a message that should be heard. Marissa says, what is the one thing about parenthood you didn't expect? Ooh, that I didn't. Well, I, I guess I expected the diapers. I expected waking up at night. Um, I expected the happy parts too, like waking up in the morning, especially when I have Justin now in the morning where he's smiling more to like directly when I'm, you know, like talking to him and like I tell him like I sometimes, you know, I do some silly voices and that kind of stuff and like accents, but I try not, I don't baby him. Like I don't talk like a baby, but I just like say like silly things. But then sometimes I'll kind of like go through what I'm doing on the show today, you know, and I'm like sitting there, Phoenix and I are texting back and forth what the clips are going to be. And I'll be like, Justin, what do you think about this? Ted Cruz was on da, da, da. Um, what has been the biggest surprise? Um, you know, life kind of just keeps going. It keeps going. It feels fuller, but it just kind of keeps going. And, and uh, it was a long road to get here, but, but we got there and it's good. Uh, Me says, do you think Bill Maher has Trump derangement syndrome? During the podcast, he seemed to deviate from his more reasonable persona and go off the rails whenever you two talked about him. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, yes, right? Like Trump derangement syndrome, the idea that that meme came into being because there were these people who suddenly seemed, and I'm not including Bill in this fully, but there was like a group of people, we all know these people, who were like pretty moderate people. Usually they were sort of moderate old school Democrats, uh, but some of them were moderate Republicans. And then Trump was just, as Gad Sad calls it, an aesthetic injury to them, right? Like they couldn't believe that he eats his steak well done with ketchup and that he goes to McDonald's and likes a burger or that he said, grab him by the pussy or whatever it is, like the stuff. And it's not to defend any of the odd things that he said or any of those things, but they just felt if, if they can make him be the worst thing possible, I think they think it excuses all of their excesses. And I'm not perfect. I, you know, it's like, I can ex accept that. I don't need to like shit on somebody else to make myself feel good about myself. I think a lot of people do that. Um, I would say in Bill's case, it's a little more of what I referenced a few minutes ago where he's in a somewhat LA, let's say liberal leftist bubble. So his reaction when I said, well, Hillary Clinton called him an Ill illegitimate, preg uh, illegitimate pregnant, an illegitimate president, his reaction was no, no, he, no, she didn't. And it was so off the cuff that it was like, I believe that that's what he believes, but that shows you how we all have to make sure we don't have those, uh, those blind spots because if we do, we will just live in different worlds and we will try to destroy each other. Maybe that's kind of what we've been doing. Uh, Cobalt says, what are your favorite places to visit in Broward County? You know, since we've been down here, I, I really have not done much outside of my little, my little Miami bubble right over here. Um, but what, where are my favorite places? I really, Coconut Grove is really fantastic. Is that even technically in Broward? That's Miami-Dade. Yeah, what's in Broward? Fort Lauderdale, I guess. What? Hollywood, Bo oh, well, I d I've, I've been to uh, the Hard Rock Hotel in, uh, in Hollywood a couple times. I'm actually going to see a concert there. 
next month. I've been up there for, uh, well, Ben's studio is up there in that area and the Valuetainment studio is up there with Patrick Bat David and a bunch of other people. Uh, but the Hard Rock Hotel, if you haven't been there, it's a casino also. And it's just like a fun atmosphere. There's a, the restaurants are fantastic. It's a, it's a cool spot. Uh, Naomi says, you seem like a very generous person as, and as your personal wealth has grown, how does it feel to know you can give more to others? Um, I guess pretty good. You know, I, it's weird. I had, I was very poor for a long time and I was like literally going through change, uh, buckets to like get coffee when I was in New York city. And when I was doing stand up and not making any money, I think I've told this on the show before I had a buddy who worked in a food service, uh, for a food service company. And he would literally deliver me giant, like vacuum sealed packages of tuna that were like industrial size. And I would eat tuna day after day after day and big things of soup my sodium and my mercury levels were probably through the freaking roof. So I've had the lean years. Obviously the last couple of years have been really good and we're building something that's really good here. And, and you know, the Rubin Report company is solid. Uh, started Locals, which I put money into an awful lot of work for no money for a long time. And then eventually we merged with Rumble and like there's a lot of good things here. Um, how does it feel to know you can give more to others? I mean, I guess that's good. Like when I see GoFundMes that are worth uh, supporting I do. Um, but I think my, my better value is that if I keep building things, then I can help other people like the guys in this room do the things that they want to do in their lives. Like, I don't think, I don't think just giving, I know you don't mean it this way, but like just the throwing money at things, I don't think is fully the answer. I think you can do more and, and treat people well and take people out to dinner and do all of those things. And I like doing it. I like doing it. And I also, I've always had like a weird thing with money, which is sort of, I've always kind of felt you have to spend it to make it. Like sometimes like if something big comes in, you know, I get a big speaking gig or something and we get this check and I'm kind of like, I gotta get rid of that money because we need more money to come in. I don't know if that really makes any sense. Maybe there's a little bit of the secret in there or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's better to have a little something than, uh, you know, constantly be trying to rub two nickels together. Uh, Phoenix, roll with me here. Uh, Dan says, you took the first steps with Bill Maher. Who would you say is the next likely person in that realm that, uh, could see the light. Uh, well, I wish I could say that it would have probably been Sam Harris who pro you know, was hugely influential on me for years, but I think he's, uh, I think the, the Trump derangement thing that we've discussed, I think that that's caused him to kind of go off the deep end and, you know, he calls for the censorship of, of Trump and, you know, he's, he's said a whole bunch of bizarro things and I, I think turned his back on, on a bunch of decent people. Um, I think maybe one that would be somewhat relevant and I would welcome her to come on the show anytime is Barry Weiss, you know, formerly of the New York Times had to leave because it was too woke. Um, you know, but with all of these people, you know, that, that whole crew of like the people that are kind of on the fence, the non-woke libs, it's like, I would love to challenge any of them right now. If any of them are watching this or you want to send this video to any of them, and I'm not talking about any specific person, but that whole crew of people. If you say you're a non-woke lib, you're an old school liberal, we got an election in two weeks. How about you publicly say who you're gonna vote for? Not even in state, you know, even if you don't live in the state, like who would you vote for if you lived in Pennsylvania? If you're a non-woke lib, who would you vote for? Would you vote for John Fetterman? Let's let all the criminals out. Let's chop off kids' genitals, eight month abortions, blah, blah. Or would you vote for Dr. Oz, who obviously is not some crazed far writer you know, he's probably an old school Democrat, which makes him somewhat of a moderate conservative. And I think he'll continue shifting a little more to the right. But like, how about we just challenge all of these people, uh, uh, these, these political pundits, these people who are in this world, like what, 
What would you do if you were in all these states? If you were in Arizona, what would you be doing right now? Would you be voting for Blake Masters or not? And if not, why? Otherwise, to just say you're sort of non-woke liberal, it just doesn't mean anything. And I think that that's why, um, well, that's why having these conversations with some of these people has gotten more difficult for me. It's why the conversation with Bill Maher was so good, because he was still willing to have it. I think a lot of them, they see me and it's like, I kind of, I mean, this is a pat on my back, I suppose, but it, it's like, I got to the end of the road. I got to the end of the road so I can vote uh, in, in a fashion that makes sense to my ideals and my values. They're struggling to do that. And I would love to know if we could get more of those people over. That, that is the great challenge. I think, the, I think the proof will be in the pudding, by the way, over the next couple of weeks. I think you're gonna see an awful lot of sort of old school liberals, New York, even you could call them New York liberals, whatever you wanna call them. I think an awful lot of them have had it with Hochul, and again, nobody ever voted for Hochul because they installed her. Uh, and I think a lot of them are going to go for Zeldin. So there might be something shifting right now. There might be. Uh, Janzi says, I know you love tequila. What is the one alcoholic beverage you will never touch? Mine is tequila. What? Uh, listen, you, you got to get that Casa Azul Reposado, get it on one rock, swirl it a little bit. It's just heavenly. Um, what is the one alcohol I don't like? Um, what's that? There's like that cinnamon fireball thing. Like they drink it in college. What the hell is that thing? What's it called? It's called fireball. Is that what it's called? Fireball? I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> Tony says, if you could wave a magic wand and delete a government agency, which one would it be? I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many options here. How about the EPA, right? The Environmental Protection Agency, which came in with a very sort of limited role of guidelines on how certain companies were going to do certain things related to the environment, but it has become a giant bureaucratic albatross that thinks it has control over industries at this point and is basically doing no good. It is, it, you could, you, but you could cut so many federal agencies. You could, you could take out the Department of Education. You really could. And it would do, it would create no problem. Kick it back to the states. Let parents make more choices. Yeah. Purdue says, hi, Dave. As president, doesn't Biden have the power to resist efforts to get him off the 24 ticket? Well, I suppose he has the power to do it, right? No one can stop him from running for the presidency. Um, it would be interesting if it came to blows, meaning that the whole apparatus of the party was like, Joe, uh, you got dementia, everything's in the shitter, uh, we don't want you. And if Joe was just like, no, I'm the titular, there's the word of the day, I'm the titular head of the party and uh, I'm still running. Like, I don't know that that's ever happened before in American politics, certainly not in modern times. Um, but that would be an interesting thing because I think he's so mentally compromised and so has, he's so out of it that for all we know, he really thinks he's doing a good job. He really thinks that he's fine. And the machinery after the bloodbath, hopefully in, in 10 days or so, is gonna really turn against him. Will he have the wherewithal to walk away? I don't know. I think it probably depends what Dr. Jill uh, decides to do with him. Maybe she'll diagnose him finally now that she's a doctor. Um, but uh, it's going to be a very, very weird two years for the Democrats, assuming the Republicans take the House and the Senate, because they, they need, the party must be destroyed. That's it. And I say that as someone that once was a Democrat, has Democrat family members, and wishes that there was a functional 
Democratic Party. By the way, that's what I kept thinking last night during the debate. It was like if Charlie Crist had walked up there and instead of just lying about everything and standing for nothing and just being like a sniveling, grotesque coward, if he had gotten up there and honestly said what he believes, whatever that might be, and, and, that, that, and then said, and because of those reasons, I'm a Democrat. Well, that would be pretty nice because then we could debate the issues. Like, it's pretty obvious. You don't have to like DeSantis, okay? There's plenty of people who don't like DeSantis. I think they're misguided, but there's plenty of people who don't like him. But it's not because they don't know what he believes, right? Like everything Charlie Chris said was like, he was, you know, and then he fought with Mickey Mouse. And it's like, well, what was he actually fighting with, uh, Charlie? And isn't it good when politicians fight with corporations that are indoctrinating children? Like all of it was such a nonsensical thing. But yes, would it be nice if there was a, a Democrat party that stood for Democrat ideals, even if I don't believe in them anymore, right? Uh, wouldn't that be good? Yeah, I think it kind of would. Uh, Darlena says, do you think there will be more violence towards Republican voters as the Democrats start to panic about the polls leaning towards a red wave this election? I mean, it sort of feels like there will be. What I would be more concerned about is if the machine really feels that even though Joe Biden will still be president until they get rid of him, but if the Republicans take the House and the Senate and there's a real feeling that Republicans can do things legislatively or really stop this woke thing or really start, you know, like doing tax cuts. I don't know that Biden would sign them, but whatever it might be, they might just want to unleash the violence again. And, and you really need to understand that the violence was coordinated and unleashed. What happened? to that summer of Black Lives Matter? Did they solve racism? Did Antifa solve fascism? Or were they being manipulated and coordinated because it was a plan to destroy cities because somehow it would make Trump look bad and then you throw in some COVID on top of that and everything else? I think, I think the answer is fairly obvious. So I think it depends what the leadership or what the, the people who are pulling the strings want to do. Uh, Ethan says, my son is being born right now as you're reading this. Holy cow, Ethan. Uh, any tips from the double sun expert? Wow. Well, first off, congratulations. And uh, you should probably get off your phone. Um, but uh, my, what would my advice be? Man, I don't know that I'm in the position of giving advice yet. Just be good and enjoy them. Enjoy them like, you know, I'm telling you, man, to start the day with a kid in your hands instead of this thing, it's good. It is good. Um, get them outside. I th one thing that I've noticed, depends where you live, I suppose, in terms of the weather. Uh, but one thing I've noticed is if either one of them is crying, little fussy, little gas, whatever it is, if I just pick them up, take them outside, wander around. We have a nice little uh, water fountain outside, so it makes some nice little water crashing sounds. Just a little of that, a little bit of nature. I like to sit under the trees and oh, little lizards, you know, they're not quite seeing everything yet. Um, but I think getting outside, is a good thing. We try to start the day with a walk, which now we got a double stroller. So I used to be cool, man. Lloyd says, uh, do you believe the NRC should start pulling cards of rhinos like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney? We are appalled that Romney is not endorsing a teammate, Mike Lee, but has come out positively for his opponent, a supposed independent, wholly financed by blue dollars. I did not know that. So, so Romney is not supporting Mike Lee who's in the Senate, Mike Lee, who I've had on the show, who is a good, decent man who cares about America, and he's a constitutional conservative. I mean, the guy knows what he believes and why he believes it. So Romney is supporting Evan McMuffin? McMuffin, that's what I call him. It's McMullen, but I call him McMuffin. Um, who's nothing, right? He's, based, he, he's an independent who's really a Democrat. Wow, I did not know Romney was that far gone. Yeah, look, 
I think one thing that Republicans have to do, and everyone can thank Trump for this, is Republicans need to get balls. Get some balls. You've got balls. The other people are the ones chopping off the balls. You've got some balls. Use your balls. Use your balls for good, okay? You can do, use your balls for good. Didn't Yoda say that? For good, you'll use your balls. Like, there needs enough of this, enough of these wishy-washy people. It doesn't mean everyone needs to be like some crazy political extremist, obviously. But fight, fight for what you believe. That is very disappointing in Romney. Obviously, I have no love for Romney. He's just kind of nothing, basically a Democrat. He just wants the machine to like him. Okay, fine. But that he's not supporting Mike Lee, who is his colleague, his, his Republican colleague in the Senate. Wow, I, I'd really like to know more about that. Let's, let's look into that, maybe cover it later in the week. Um, okay. Elizabeth says, uh, I can't believe, I mean, I can, but you know, what they did to that Rubio staffer, and yet they say that MAGA Republicans are violent. What are your thoughts on this terrible incident that occurred in Miami? So there was, uh, if you didn't see it, it was either yesterday or the day before, uh, in Hialeah, which is uh, a little bit north of Miami, there was a canvasser, a young kid. How, how old was he? He was probably about 21, 22, young. I think, he may, I think maybe he was Latino. His race does not matter to me, but in a racialized world, I suppose it's worth mentioning. Uh, he was canvassing with a Rubio shirt on and he got attacked by a bunch of people. They're trying to figure it out, but I mean, he got brutally, brutally assaulted, uh, you know, wounds all over his face and body. I mean, the pictures are, are rather gruesome. I tweeted it out, the image of him, and I said, you know, there's 100% certainty that this will not be on CNN tonight. And I have no doubt that it was not on CNN yesterday. Now try to do a, a different version of it, right? It's a campaigner, for Stacey Abrams, who gets attacked by Republicans. You think, this, you think you're gonna hear about this on CNN? And again, that gets to what we started with on the show, this sort of why they have to censor, why so many people when confronted with reality freak out because they are so disconnected from what actual reality is. Um, if there, I asked on Twitter, I don't know that anyone saw it, if there's a GoFundMe for this kid, I would love to donate, absolutely. Do, do we know how old he is or anything? We're not, 22 years old, yeah. I mean, really just absolute, absolute disgusting. And, and to that, the fact that that happened in Florida where things are really, uh, regardless of your, your political differences, um, you know, even yesterday, again, I'm sitting in a, in a theater, probably 200 DeSantis supporters, 200, uh, uh, they're not even Chris supporters. They're just 200 people who are just doing the thing at the moment that makes them feel good. Um, but you know, like we, we weren't at each other's throats. Maybe we were thinking all sorts of things, but we weren't throwing things at each other and being mean and everybody left after. But it was, it really, I'm telling you, it was just so interesting because outside the venue, there were all these people with DeSantis flags and American flags and some Trump flags and playing music and it was fun and whatever. And then the Chris people all showed up together. Like I'm telling you, it was coordinated. He does not have real support. He has, he has these sort of like, uh, these blanket supports from these unions and type things, but they, they don't represent individuals and individuals are the root of Western civilization, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, stick around for a cold close. Uh, as always, like and subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, and join us if you want to play along during the show at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, part one of my interview with Andrew Clavin of The Daily Wire, who's got a new book out, and he's just one of the most thoughtful, interesting people around uh, who I've had on the show many times, and he's a good buddy, uh, is up right now. The full thing's up ad-free at Locals. And I leave you with Joe Biden getting lost. Adios. Thank you, guys. Hey. Welcome. Which way, sir? Oh, you going back the other way.
Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.